You have found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. On today's episode, me and Pat are going to talk about the Bulls being ranked the eighth overall team in the East, according to NBA.com. We're also going to talk about will the Bulls make the third-year leap that we've seen other teams make at times. And then lastly, who do we feel would be the best coach for this Chicago Bulls roster? We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. Pat, let's go ahead and get into it for today. So first up, uh, the Bulls ranked eighth in uh, the power rankings done by ESPN.com in the East overall. This is a little bit higher than we had both expected the Bulls to be ranked. Uh, most This is John Schumann uh, who created this article. How are you feeling about this, Pat? I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised, right? Again, like I talked about, I think that they're in a prove-it state. I think that we both feel a little bit more confident about what the team's additions can do because we've been locked in on this team for you know, three years, well, more than that, but locked in covering them <laughs> daily for <laughs> three, four years now. You know what I mean? And so you you have a very zoomed in look of what this team can be. But I'm not surprised by them being picked eighth. I think that, like you said, it's actually a little bit higher than we thought most national people would pick the Bulls because the common consensus is that this iteration of these three does not work. But he actually points out how, you know, the additions of Javon Carter and Torrey Craig are going to help the Bulls move into the right direction um, and how they're solid additions um, and it will make the team's record better than it was last season. I told y'all, we look at this Bulls team very differently with five to eight more wins. And we can find five to eight more wins last season that they could have gotten. Yeah. And and you have pointed to several times. You've been very consistent in pointing out what was 61 uh one percentage when the Bulls have the point guard. Percentage, yeah. Um and so when you look at that, the fact that they're starting off this season basically with their Patrick Beverly replacement in Javon Carter, and then you also add in Tory Craig, who's just you know, he he's a consummate role player, right? He he always understands he's played his whole career with, with players that are that are high volume ball dominant players, and he still knows how to go out and get to get hit his shots when he needs to, play solid defense, whether he ends up being the starter or not. I hope I by by the the by P Will's hope, all the hope and, and prayer in P Will, I hope that that Tory Craig is not starting this year. But even if he does, it's not like it's a bad thing out for the Bulls. Like I think when you look at the fact that the Bulls have have just like what they've brought in and how it has helped them improve in the margins. And we've seen how different this team does look when they do have that improvement in the margins area. And Javon Carter, way better three-point shooter, more consistent than Pat Bev was too. So that still adds in another wrinkle to this offense. I I can understand it. I'm surprised to see them ranked above the Brooklyn Nets because so many people just look at Mikel Bridges as this player who's going to make this next leap. Um, but hey, hey, I'm not mad. At locked on NBA last night because me and Nick did not. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I like Mikael Bridges as a player. I do. But like people who think that Mikael Bridges is all of a sudden going to make this superstar leap. I'm like, I don't know if I see that, man. I, I, I was in a conversation with somebody on Twitter a couple of days ago. 
Um, and they said, well, it's going to be similar to when James Harden left and went to the Rockets. I said, you think that Mikel Bridges is going to turn into an MVP level player like James Harden did? And with a straight face, they said, yes. I said, I'm out the conversation. I'm done. <laughs> Here's the gross part about Mikel. The gross part about Mikel Bridges is I feel like his success is based on what his star success, I should say, is yeah. based on whether or not Ben Simmons likes basketball. I mean, like that's I would, the tough part because if you add Ben Simmons in there, you've got your defensive player of the year. What no matter what I feel about him, right? Listen, I, I don't like him. I don't. He's, I think he's uh, whatever. Come on, Ben, like are you talking about Mikel here? But Ben Simmons, I don't, I don't okay, like okay. him. Like on, on a personal level, I don't like the dude. But it is what it is, right? As a are player, you met Ben Simmons, is that what you're saying? No, no, not I at know, all. I'm just how, just how he got out of his contract really really <laughs> earthed my soul. My back. Uh, but on a personal level, I will say that. Or not on a personal on a on a player level, I can't deny he's a DPOY when he's locked in. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a guy who, when he has confidence in his game, is unstoppable going to the bucket. We forget that. Like Ben Simmons from the top of the key was literally unstoppable at points because he was just 6'11, a little bit skinnier Giannis. You and your comps, but uh I mean, listen, I mean listen, he, couldn't, he couldn't hit a shot outside of five feet. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that bad of a comp. When your when your fan base celebrates like you just won a title when you hit a three pointer, that that's that's a little bit concerning. There, that's yeah. what happened with Ben Simmons uh, a lot of that's times. You need to know. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I, I like the Brooklyn Nets roster. I think that they're going to be a scrappy team this season. I don't know how they're going to fare. Another team ranked below the Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, came in at tenth on this list. I can understand that, uh, even though they. You know, they lost Fred Van Vliet, replaced him with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they brought back Jakob Poto. They made some other additions to that roster as well. But I'm still not looking at it like, eh, uh, it, it is what it is. Now, if you look at the teams ranked above the Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks ranked seven um, on that list. And the Miami Heat, six. Do you agree with those two teams above the Bulls as well? Or do you think that maybe there's some room for the Bulls to even be maybe above one of those teams when it's all said and done? I talked about this on Locked on NBA last night as well with Nick, and Nick didn't agree with me, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think the Hawks are going to drop. I think the Hawks are going to be one of those teams that we talk about in the 10-11 range because I don't believe that DeJounte Murray and Trey Young work well together. And what, no matter what the talent is, when you start to believe that you don't work well together, it just kind of ends up being that way. I think that I don't care about the addition of Quinn Snyder. I think that there's no situation where you see those two on the court and you say, yeah, that's a team that has their one-two punch. They are, they are, they are knockoff. Boston Celtics. They are great value Boston Celtics in which they've got two dudes who are extremely talented who just so happen to wear the same jersey. <laughs> and so I think that the Atlanta Hawks are going to be in the 10, 10 probably 10 range. I think they'll still be in a play in, but I do think they'll be in that 9 10 range. Um, so I think that they will be below the Bulls this season. Miami, I'm not, what am I going to say? Like Miami, I don't know. We don't even know if that's going to be the Miami team know. right now. Right. You know what I mean? And that's and I'm not going to lie to you. Right. I think that's why if you look at on the power rankings, they've got like arrows going up, arrows going down. Miami's going down and they're going down because like nobody knows where Dame is going or if they're going to get Dame. And if they don't get yeah. Dame, there's nobody on that team. <laughs> We're talking about Jaime Hawkins, dog. <laughs> bro, every time you say that man's name, it's hilarious, bro. bro come come on, on, every syllable of that man's name. Um, I'm, I'm just I, saying, bro, if he puts his foot on a barrel, he could sell rum. That's all I'm saying about my man's, bro. Like, if we're being honest, 
Wow. Oh, wow. Hey, How did listen, we get here? Listen, um, all I'm saying is tell me I'm wrong, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. If he puts his foot on a bell right now and grabs a sword, we're calling him captain. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I hope that this just reminds people, all jokes aside, reminds people how good this Bulls team can be. And I think people really do forget that this this isn't a team to just, like, I get being down on it. Like you, you said when we started this, we're so zoomed in sometimes because we we follow. We cover this Bulls team every single day. But um, I do think, and I'm, I'm building confidence, that this Bulls team is going to be good this year. And I think that the additions that they made, yeah, it's not flashy on paper, but I do think it's going to pay off in the on the court in a big way more more than some fans are giving it credit for. Yeah. Um, it's up to them to stay healthy. It's up to them to to figure out a, a play style. It's up to Billy Donovan to coach the team well. All of that, but like I think if those things do happen, we're going to have a team that is is considerably better than next season. I, I'll say this: I think that next year, instead of fighting to make the plan, we're going to be fighting to avoid the plan. If you if you know what I mean, we're going to be fighting to be in that one of those seeds where we don't have to worry about the playing tournament and. I, I hope that that comes true, man, because I tell you what, it's a lot more fun to talk Bulls when we're winning more consistently. And it's all about other – here's the thing, and we'll get to this in this next topic, right? Like, it's all about that one guy who takes that next step. Is yeah. that going to be Patrick Williams? The one thing – again, we we came out, come out of last season talking about P. Will being a three-point shooter. It's listed here in this article, and, and it's something we've talked about. He's one of 20 players in the NBA who shot more than 41% on at least 253 point attempts. That's crazy. Patrick Williams is a good three point shooter. He's a laser. If now it's a slow laser, but he's a laser. It's a little bit faster than the end of the season. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a laser. It's a slow laser, it's but a it's slow laser. There. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a laser it's, from that, they, that the James Bond villains use, where he got all the time in the world to get yeah, out the trap. It's the before one the that, like is about yeah. to cut you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a laser, yeah. but it, it's it's slowly gonna cut you. You've got time to get out of the way of it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, like having that and having something where you can come into this season and say, we know we have that locked up. Now, what can you add to your game? Yeah, that is. And, and guess what? Players know that players are going to be trying to get out to P. Will on the three point line. They're trying not going to try to leave him open. That's going to allow him to do what? Pump fake, take off, drive. Now guys have to respect his game a little bit more. If he can take that leap, we're having a very different conversation. Well, let's hope that's the conversation that we end up having, Pat. That's I, I hope that we can have get to the point where uh, during the season we're just talking about the Chicago Bulls being a team that's scrappy, playing good defense, playing solid on offense, and that maybe we can even talk about Patrick Williams taking the leap. But we're going to – next up in the next topic, we're going to talk about that the Bulls team making that third-year leap, especially with AK continuing to bet on continuity and how that could work out for the team. But before we get into that, i got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Ibotta. Finally taking that summer vacation you've been planning, but daydreaming, uh, but dreading buying all of the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta uh, gives you cash on hundreds of grocery items from uh, produce to personal care to pantry goods so that you can make sure you're benefiting, you're be beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user uh, 
earns 120 per year that could cover the cost of the entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, the game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you, you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers to uh, too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5 for just trying by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right, Pat. So you brought up a very interesting topic when we were talking on the phone, um, which we are now brought to the podcast, and that is the Bulls making the third-year leap as a team. We've been trained to think about third-year leaps when it comes to players, things like that, but you can also do it as a team. That is why AK partially be, uh, bets on continuity, uh, even though I know that's a word that still sends Bulls fran- fans in a tailspin. But, Pat, I'm going to throw it to you first. It's your topic, man. How are you feeling about the, the third-year leap that the team could make? I started looking around at some other teams in the NBA and kind of, you know, when their cores took that leap. And there was always one consistent thing. I went and looked at the Milwaukee Bucks, looked at the Golden State Warriors, looked at the uh, Denver Nuggets, and there was always that one key thing that happened. One, of course, health, right? But two, all of a sudden, there was this third guy or this young guy that took that next step. With the Golden State Warriors, right, they were a winning team, just couldn't get out of their own way, right? 47 Mm -hmm. and 35 and 12 and 13, 13 and 14. I'm sorry, 51 and and 31 and 13 and 14, 67 and 15 and win a championship at 14 and 15. And the one thing that's very key about that is all of a sudden Draymond Green came alive. All of a sudden Draymond Green realized what he was going to be able to do in the NBA. I look at the Bucks those years before they end up winning a championship, right? 42 and 40, 44 and 38. All of a sudden, they're 60 and 22. Now, I'm not saying that the Bulls are going to go out and win an NBA championship this season, but in seasons like that, you start to see teams make, okay, what's the key decision we need to make now? Because now we know we have this piece. And to me, I think there can be a third-year leap mm-hmm. because it's not like there was a crazy piece added. Draymond Green was not dominating on that team. He was 11 points, uh, seven rebounds, and three assists. But he did all the key things, all of the little things, and I think that the Bulls went out and got that guy in Javon Carter. And I also think that pairing that up with the fact that Patrick Williams is shooting as well as he is from three, adding in the defense of Torrey Craig, again, not saying they're going to win a championship, but I do think that in Chicago, we view continuity as this is the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, Why would we ever want to do this? Why would we do this with these players? You do this with these players because the players that are around these players and the small additions you've made can allow these guys to finally feel more comfortable and play better. And I think that's where this Bulls team is going to come in in the third year. Now, again, I'm not telling you they're going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm not telling you that they're going to be top three. If they did, it would surprise the heck out of me. But can I see them in that range where they make another addition with all of the DPEs that they have? 100%, four through six. I think that we could see them there because 
you've got the point guard that allows Zach Levine to be the two. When we've seen Zach Levine be the two, all of a sudden, this guy is a dominant force. At the like, like literally, and this is where I I implore people to not listen to us, but to listen to what NBA players say about him. That are like good defenders. They're literally just like we can't stop him when he's focused. Like when when he's at that spot, you can't slow him down. DeMar DeRozan, who is literally a bucket, is just like, I've never seen somebody be able to score like him. I've never played with somebody who can score like him. I think adding in old man DeMar to that, that's tough to call him that. And Vooch, you're going to see this Bulls team take that third-year leap. Now, what that leap is going to be, I don't know if we win 60 games, but would I be surprised if the Bulls won 48? I'm not going to lie to y'all, I wouldn't. I mean, there are going to be a lot of people that hear that and, and think that you're crazy. And uh, But uh, to, to the conversation that we just had, especially with the ranking conversation and how the Bulls have improved in the margins and in areas, like the Bulls lost over 17 games last season by one score or less. Ten of those games were games in which the Bulls technically scored more field goals than the other team, but because the other team shot three-pointers, we still lost the game. You know what we went out and did? We added two damn good three-point shooters. Yeah. And you have one. Yeah, That's the you, part have, that you have one in Pat, Patrick Williams. And let's not, let's not forget, tech, I was about to say, and Kobe White, post-All-Star break with a point guard, also 41% from three-point range post-All-Star break. Yeah. So you, you, you look at improving in that area, and that alone can lead to a lot more wins for the Chicago Bulls. And then, I know we were a top-10 defense in the league, but we, we were, were middle of the pack as far as half-court defense. Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, they're going to help with that half-court defense as well. The Bulls can improve in a lot of areas. Rim protection, no, it doesn't seem like we're going to we have not improved in the rim protection area. We have hopefully improved in the way we can play good enough defense now to keep players from getting close enough to the rim, which yeah. helps a lot too. But I think that overall this team has absolutely improved in a lot of areas that I get it. We don't we didn't get the flashy names. We it didn't happen, but we got the right players for the right skill set that we needed and if that all comes together the way that it looks like it's going to on paper, 46, 48 wins is not out of the realm of possibility at all. And that's not the finished product either. And I think yeah. that's the part where people have to understand. We're not sitting here telling you that this is how the Bulls are going to get to a championship. How the Bulls are going to get to a championship is Patrick Wills, Patrick Williams taking a leap. Is Kobe White taking a leap? Or not even taking a leap, just being consistent, right? Like yeah. building that consistency for us. Is Io DeSumo, who's now here, you know, becoming what the Bulls are hoping that he's going to become is Adama Sanago and or Julian Phillips and or like one of these young names has to do something. That is the theme that you see consistently with these teams. One of these young names, all of a sudden you look at them and you go, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. And I think here's the two things that we've had the last couple of seasons that I think is you, you want to look for that perfect balance of veteran and young guy. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bulls just had veteran young guys. And that's a very different thing to have, right? Like they had guys that had been in the NBA three, four years, but they, but they were like, you know, 23. Now you're looking at having Torrey Craig, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond, right? Javon, Javon Carter is kind of like what I just said, right? He's a veteran young guy. J Zach Levine at this point. <laughs> That's I think such he, an accurate description. It's a veteran young a guy. A vet young guy. You That's, know what I mean? Is it what, like 28 years old? Yeah. yeah. That, if that, he, he might be 26. I think he's younger than Zach. But um, 
I just I I look at them as guys who actually have a veteran presence in the locker room now with what I'd call an a interesting group of young guys. I can't say yeah. that they're a a, a, a developing group of young guys because we haven't seen that in three years for the most yeah. part. And hopefully, also, one of the things that we live in out of this, I know this isn't necessarily going to play as much into this season. I know a lot of Bulls fans heard that the Bulls went out, they got their head of player development, who's a former shooting coach, and they now think it's going it, to it's, it's gonna take at least two years before we start seeing the results of that. It's not going to be an immediate thing. You don't hire somebody, and immediately three months later, they, they have this huge impact. They, he can help with some, with some things, <laughs> that would be right? That hilarious. It's just <laughs> like... Hey, all of a sudden, he just shows yeah. up. He's like, all of a sudden, David Terry's is draining threes. Like, <laughs> right. it's like, it's like, it's like, nobody told Patrick Williams go to the rim. <laughs> yeah. Nobody told him that. Hey, Pat, go to the rim. He's like, hey, Damn, Pat, people. Pat, here's what I want you to do. When you get the ball, go to the rim. Yeah, just just <laughs> take it. Just take it right to the rim. Bet. There you go. Where's my check? <laughs> and here's the here's the the funny part about all of it, right? The Bucks are probably Bucks and Celtics are locked in. We know what they are. Yeah. What are the Sixers? They have an MVP. Camp. Well, you don't know exactly what that team, because much like with the uh, with the Miami Heat, is James Harden even going to – how long is he still going to be on that team? And, and uh, there's there's a lot of confusion there. Now, I do like Maxie. I do like Tobias Harris if they just take him out of the corner, yeah. which I think he'll finally get out of the corner now with uh, with what's his name. So, I, I guess you – with Nick Nurse, I guess you feel better about that Sixers team. I don't know if they're a lock for three. The Knicks are a lock for four. I think so. Only because they're a Tom Thibodeau coach team. They're going to get every win in the regular season. And then they're going to, then first round, second round, they're going to forget how to play basketball. Man, I, maybe. They're going to be maybe. a regular season win. They're, they're, I don't know they're, if they're a lock for four. Is Cleveland, Cleveland's probably a lock well, for Cleveland. round four or five. I would yeah, put Cleveland Cleveland's a lock for four or five. five. I would put Cleveland above the Knicks as well. Because that that young front court, they're like Evan Mobley, like if he makes a leap, he oh, they're definitely back last year, though. He did, but I mean, I think, I think he's gonna. I out of all the pieces there, I think he's gonna be the one that ends up leaving. You don't think you think Evan Mobley's gonna be? The I one think it. Leave? I think by the time is that because Evan Mobley was on a trajectory to be one of the best big men in the league, and then Donovan Mitchell showed up, and he just stopped being able to play basketball. Uh, Donovan Mitchell he hates playing big basketball men. is a bit of an exaggeration. Donovan there, Mitchell hates big men. <laughs> <laughs> you think he took out everything from Rudy Gobert? Bro, he's, Evan like, he's like, you just darker Gobert. You, you more American Gobert. Bro, that's wild, bro. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Let's get out of here, man. Uh, uh, so next we got up, another we're topic. Talking, we can't leave yet. I, well, I mean, as far as off this segment, oh, next right, we're going right, to be right. talking about who we think could be a better coach for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind you guys that Locked on Bulls is free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube and the Odyssey app. Pat, uh, the best coach for the Chicago Bulls. I think we both agree. Uh, we we are a little, we veer a little differently on our opinions on Billy Donovan, but yeah. I think we both understand that there are potential better coaches for the Chicago Bulls roster. Now, I do want to tell you guys, before we get into these topics, no, this is not a segue to talk about Mark Jackson because he was fired by ESPN. Mark Jackson is never getting it back into He's NBA coaching. coaching. NBA, it's yeah, not happening. You talk about being blackballed, there's there's not. There, like a team could call right now and be like, hey, yeah, Adam, uh, so we're going to hire Mark Jackson, and Adam would be like, the hell you are. Uh, but Mark Jackson has become the, uh, and this is, this is, it's sad to say it because I get it right, but like it, it is what it is. It's things that are upsetting are often true. Um, 
Mark Jackson has become the we need to interview a black guy to make this look good call. That's what you're going on record with? Bro, like every, he's been, he's been interviewed for almost every open head coach in candidacy and hasn't got one. Listen, as much as I think about Mark Jackson, I don't think that that Golden State Warriors team wins with Mark Jackson. I don't think that um, a lot of those players develop into the players that they become with Mark Jackson, but he's not worse than some of these coaches that we got out here. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, listen, listen. He he can't coach the Charlotte Hornets. Anybody Steve, we got to go. Steve you could, Clifford. You, you could coach the Charlotte Hornets. We got to go. Steve Clifford for the fifth time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, you know what I just realized? He is there, Doug Collins. He's no, nah, because Doug only coached here once. No, he didn't. Doug came back twice for the Bulls. Yeah. Oh, Doug! No, Doug was a Doug was a exec. He came in as an advisor. I don't think he coached here twice. He came back. You're right. He was. He, he did came come back, back as an advisor. advisor. You're Doug right. That's what it was. Once. That's what it was. They kept. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Well, they always find a role for him. That's a good point. Good point. They do always find a role for him. Yeah, Doug be like, hey, I need an extra five grand this month. Can you hook me up? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I think he's still technically listed as a senior advisor for the for the Chicago Bulls. Right here's now. the wild part, though. I don't know if anybody's ever like looked through all the coaches in the league coming into this season. There's not really a coach on here that I look at and I'm like, wow, that's a terrible head coach. Steve Clifford, maybe Steve Clifford, probably, and maybe Wes Unsell Jr. But outside of that, Pop. Willie Green's done a good job with New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Taylor Jenkins done a good job with Memphis outside of gunplay. IMA Odoka was a good coach in Boston, and now he's down in Houston. We'll see if he can keep that going. Yep, Jason Kidd's a bad head coach. I'm sorry. I'll take that one back. Uh, oh, Jason yeah, Kidd's yeah. a bad head coach. Uh, <laughs> Steve Kerr, Ty Lue is on the Clippers. Darvin Ham, we all agree he did a good job. A great job. With that Lakers team in the playoffs. Frank Vogel on Phoenix is a weird one, but I can't say he's a bad head coach. I think he doesn't mm. utilize his players right all the time. He's a Billy Donovan guy to me. Uh, Mike Brown with the Kings. <laughs> Will Hardy, Chauncey Billups, I guess unknown. Like, I, I'm. that's just the West. Like, there's a lot of good head coaches in the yeah, NBA right now. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, a lot of good head coaches in the NBA. Even it, I guess th that's why people can say like Billy Donovan's one of the worst coaches in the league. I guess I can see that now because there is a lot of good coaches in the league. We don't know what the heck the, the Darko Rajokovic for yeah. the Toronto Raptors. We don't know what he's going to be yet, but uh, he looks like he keeps people in his basement. And he got James Wade as one of his, his lead assistants. That as is well. terrifying. Yeah. Poor J stay safe, James. <laughs> oh that's lit though i ain't gonna lie to you toronto might be better just off of that james wade's uh ability to draw up a play really is amazing yeah, we really still haven't is. talked about who the best coach for this roster is though we yeah i know because uh, uh, who, who who's your, who would if you could have your pick of head coaches who would be the, well, the, this, this, and right? keep in mind this version of that yeah, could get the most out of this version of the roster well let's let's do it this way right who will be fired next year? Because <laughs> somebody's going to get fired. Who will be fired next year that we think the Bulls could scoop in and get to replace Billy Donovan? Well, see, that's I did. Are we going realistic easy, with it? The easy thing for me, listen, who's the best head coach? Pop. Go get Pop. <laughs> like, if I'm going to just say the best head coach, go get Pop. I mean, well, yeah. I, that's I get what you're getting on that. Um, uh, I 
I would not that he's going to be. Oh, Ty Lue might, might be fired. fired next year. You think Ty Lue may? Do you think they're going to make him? Ty Lue might. I think, well, if we heard we heard rumors of Chiefs again. Well, see, that's the thing. We heard rumors of them shopping Paul George. I think that they. I would say that because, but I think that the the Clippers may be ready to start making one of the players the scapegoat rather than Ty. Lue. Yeah, I could see that too. I yeah. I don't know Ty Lue. I, to me, Ty Lue might be a guy that's on the out. Um, Monty Williams just got. I tell you, who, he's not going to get fired. But I tell you, who would be my perfect other than Pop, of course, because Pop, Pop, Pop. It's Pop, Steve Kern, Spolstra. If you can get any three of those guys, it don't. You can sell one of my firstborn. You can have them. I'm not even worried about. It. I can make another one that looks just like them. Um, but if I'm going, <laughs> well, not just like them. Diff- different, 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 slightly models. different, yeah, but slightly no. different. more um, Latin this time. But anyway, <laughs> Mark Dango, Dangnote uh, from the OKC Thunder. I love his ability to get the most yeah. out. Of- out of his boy. He is, yeah. I really do think that, I love that he worked his way up. He was the coach of their G League system. I hope that that's what the Bulls do with whoever is their next head coach. I hope that they get somebody who's young and just works his way up. But I like him. I like the way he draws up a defensive scheme. I think he's one of the best adjusting coaches in the NBA as well on the defensive side of the ball. He would be my pick for the best coach for, for this version of the Bulls roster because I think he would be able to change his system enough to where he'd maximize the skill set of the players that we have on this roster. No, 100%. I mean, like, even what we've seen, to me, from his defensive scheme. Yeah. You know, I think that that's that's something that I look at, and I'm like, man, like, he could really be a good uh, um, fit for this Bulls team because we know how they struggle with a lot of the defensive schemes and how how they look at how they try to set up in half court and stuff like that. Like, yeah. In, I think in transition, the Bulls are a really good defensive team. I think that there's a bunch of stats that would tell you that they'll be able to lock in, but there's a lot of question marks with a lot of this stuff. Man. Like, Absolutely. When I look at all of these numbers, I'm just like, uh, but my eye test didn't tell me that. Yeah. Like I when I watched them on a night-in, night-out basis, it didn't tell me that we were doing that well. But I don't know, man. Um, let me ask you this. Is there a player out there right now who's an older veteran player that you would want to see be a head coach for the Chicago Bulls? That's a great question. Um, dang, I wasn't prepared for that aspect of it. Oh, man. You got to give me some time to think on that one, bro. <laughs> Maybe that's a topic for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question, though. Is there a former player? Let us know in the comments below. Is there a former player that you would like to see be a head coach for the Chicago? I'm still Bulls? surprised that Kirk Heinrich never got in. I just knew Kirk Heinrich. I don't think he wants to be a coach. He probably Kirk doesn't. Like, I'm gonna just raise my family. Probably. Would uh? Probably would, would, you take, would you take an old Pat Ewing? That'd be tough. That'd be no, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. I'm good on that. <laughs> Do you practice that shot? Yeah, I'm good on that, bro. Like, when do you pray? He's just yelling. He's could you imagine yelling. how upset Patrick Ewing would be at Patrick Williams? I, no, no. I wish he was the head coach. We should have hired him when we had Denzel Valentine. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you practice that shot? Did you brush your gums today, young Did sir? you brush your gums today? <laughs> Here's a head coach that uh, that would be interesting. I think he's coaching in college right now, though. No love on Avery Johnson. 
Bro, A.V. Johnson is another one. I wouldn't say that he necessarily got blacklisted, but I think that people forget how good he coached that Dallas Mavericks team uh, to get them to where they were. Like, And then what did he – where did he go? Where he did, went to did the he Nets. The Nets? He won there. He won there too? Like That's crazy. If I'm not – he led the Mavericks to their first NBA Finals appearance, had three consecutive 50-win seasons with that team. Like – Another Avery Johnson has a 57% win percentage for his career. Now, that's probably the problem. I mean, but he only has day. he only has two losing seasons in his NBA career, and that was the 2010 Nets and the 2011 Nets. Other than that, he was at least 50%, but usually 60% above, 62% win percentage or above his whole career. Dog, I mean, it it's not bad. I mean, 60 and 22, 67 and 15, 51 and 31. 24 and 58, 22 and 44, and then that finishing, right? Like he he took over for the Brooklyn Nets in 2013, and we just never saw from him again. That's crazy. Like that's that D Lo Nets team, ain't it? Uh no. No, is that that's the Paul Pierce no. Nets. That's the yeah, yeah. That's that's what that would have been. That's the Paul Pierce Nets. He was 14 and 14. He got fired. <laughs> I don't crazy. know, man. I don't know. Avery Johnson be interesting. We'll talk about that tomorrow, though, man. Follow us on everything. Keith at- Bogans was on that team. Wow. Gross. <laughs> uh, follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate you guys for showing love. You can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bulls your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow when we may be talking about which players we think it could turn into uh, great head coaches. But for Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked On Bulls. We out here. Peace, y'all.